God is here this morning. Jesus has a plan for you this morning. You didn't end up here by mistake. You didn't roll out of bed 10 minutes behind schedule and rush here on accident. The Lord has something special to speak to you here today. And I feel like God is moving in our family in such a beautiful way. And I love just getting to be here with you every Sunday. For those of you who it might be your first time, my name is Allison Phillips. My husband, Lyle, and I have the privilege of loving and serving this community as lead pastors here at Legacy Nashville. And it really is the joy of our lives. We are on Sunday mornings, our alarm goes off and we only hit it one time the snooze button we're like snooze once versus like any other day I wake up at 5 30 I'm like snooze six times but just once for Sundays because I love you guys so much I love you guys but you're the 11 a.m service you brunched before you got here you woke up a little slower so you guys are the energy is going to be good today the time is going to be fun I said to first service, I am, if you're speaking here at Legacy, you want me on the front row, right here, front and center, because I'm the best hype man. I love preaching. I love to be ministered to um, in, in the word. And so this morning, I feel like really excited because this is my opportunity to reap all that I've sown. So now... So now you've all been employed to be my amen corner from the front to the back, side to side. It's going to be a wild morning. We're going to have fun. I promise to be myself this morning with you, which means you can be yourself, which if you're loud, be loud. If you're, con- if you're a contemplator, be a contemplator. But I'm here to, to bring uh, what God is sharing with me to you today, and I'm really excited about it. I had uh, this moment in worship in first service where I saw this picture of the Lord expanding tent pegs. And I saw God crying and he was just weeping. And I was like, Lord, what's happening for you? He said, my heart is for Nashville and I'm extending your tent pegs and I'm widening your capacity to love and to serve the city of Nashville. And I saw all of us being stretched and all of us being opened like never before. And the Lord was going to fill our house with people who need love and need to be served. And so this morning, have you been like, I I don't know if any of you have prayed that prayer, like God, expand my capacity. And then you're met with like a season of like discomfort. And he like with Grant Ashley, like uproots you and moves you to a different city. And you're in a different community and you might have new friends and you're like, God, I didn't know this was it. I didn't know this was the expanding. And God's like, this is what we need to expand. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It is okay to be challenged. It is okay to grow because in growth, we find more opportunity to love and serve people that need Jesus desperately. So this morning, I just had that word and stirring in my heart, and I wanted to share it because I feel like that's what God's doing in our house. I feel like that's what God's doing in our community. He's expanding our tent pegs, and it's going to look a lot like us learning to love bigger and us learning to serve more intentionally and making this place truly, truly look and feel like a family. Amen? Amen. It's a good word. God, stretch us, expand us, let us, please be everything that you 
are desiring us to be. God, expand our hearts, expand our capacity. We want to be arms in love to a hurting city that needs Jesus. And we want to be a place for everybody to find family. So Jesus, grow us, expand us, teach us. We promise that we want to learn and we want to grow. We position our hearts ready to grow this morning, Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So I know that, well, I'll start with the title of my message because it will explain it all before I even get started. So the title of my message this morning is Becoming a Kingdom Family. And that's what we're going to dive into this morning. What does it look like to become a kingdom family, to truly experience what it's like to have heaven here on earth and the family of God thriving and experiencing what it's like to be loved and know that we're loved here as a family? In 2013, Lyle and I had the privilege of hosting a part of a movie tour. We were a stop on the tour for one of our friends who did an indie film based on the life of Heidi Baker. It was an incredible movie and we had so much fun and there was all of this uh, buzz surrounding the movie. And when when we were taking our friend who had made the movie to the airport the day after the showing, she, we were like pulling into the arrivals the arrivals gate, which is always the best time to have like a really serious conversation, right? It's like you always say when you're dropping your friend off at the airport, you're like, oh, by the way, like, I love you so much. And you start crying because you just like, your your heart realizes, oh, we're about to be far apart. It was kind of one of those moments. And so we're pulling up to the arrivals gate and she gave Lyle and I a prophetic word that it was probably three minutes long, but she gave us this word and it like dropped to like the center of my soul. Have any of you have that experience where somebody just kind of like, it's like a drive-by word, and they're like, and by the way, you're, and they say something, and you're just like, wow, that's surprising that it was that, you know, you know, you could have missed it, right? Like, if somebody says something, you're like, oh, I almost could have missed that word, and it was one of those things, and she said to us, hey, Lyle, Allison, the Lord has marked you for family, and in the same way that prayer marks the ministry of Lou Engel. Family is going to mark your ministry. And you're not just building ministry for your church or family for your church. You're building family for a generation. You're rewriting what it looks like to do healthy family. And yeah, it's a good word, right? It's really, it was super significant and probably incredibly humbling because at the time, Lyle and I were making this, you know, kind of interesting statement at our house church kind of gathering at the time and we're saying we're not just a ministry we're a family yeah most of you know that and we had literally run our heads into the brick wall of what that meant and we kept running into the brick wall and we're like family like why did we say family lord like didn't you tell us to say family like people keep leaving because we say family and we don't feel like a family yet so they're just you know they're gone and why couldn't we have said something like we're really generous or like Everybody tithes, like, I mean, there could have been other things we could have said, but that's not what the Lord asked us to build. And he said, this is your heartbeat. You're not just a ministry. You're to build a family. And we were running our head into the brick wall of what family actually meant. And at this time, we were kind of like trying to jump ship with the whole idea. And she gave us this word and it like, it rooted us. 
we like we quit wavering and we just like we stood in it and we're like god no matter what it costs us no matter what it looks like we want to do this whole kingdom family thing sometimes you need a word in order to get grounded right that was our word and since then we've been on this journey together as a family here uh what does it actually look to not just be a ministry, not just be a social club where we all like get together and we like worship Jesus and we all think the same, we all talk the same, we all act the same and we all look the same and, and you know, but really embracing what it looks like to be an actual family. Yes. That has been an interesting journey. In the, for my understanding in Genesis, from the beginning of scripture, God laid out a pretty clear detailed explanation of what it looked like to be kingdom participants. And it was pretty much simple. It was just family. It was just family. When there was no, there was no separation between heaven and earth in the beginning of time, there was separation, you know, between earth and earth and sky, but no separation between the presence of God and humanity. And when that was the case, God outlined this beautiful thing called a family. We're going to jump in at Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28. You can turn there if you would like to. I'm going to read from the message because I really like the way that it translates this. And it says this. Sorry, in verse 26, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible, responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. Yes, the earth itself. We should care about the earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. We should also care about the animals on the earth as well. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female, and he blessed them. And he said this, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth, that is family. That was God's original plan for all of creation. How did he want the kingdom to invade all of the earth? He built a family. It wasn't by accident. It was so strategic. The family is heaven's strategy. And that's why we have the church now. The church is the reflection of the family. And that's why we say church is God's plan A, because we truly believe that Church is God's picture of family and we don't have it right all the time and we're going on the journey of what it likes to what it looks like to build a real family and we're all on the journey together but that is why everything hinges on this idea of family and why we have to get our head wrapped around like what actually is family what does it mean to be family because so often we walk around in our lives really misunderstanding what family actually is what it should actually look like because most of us go a lot of our lives not having a healthy picture of family or not really getting our needs met inside of our picture of family and so God came to redefine and not necessarily redefine, but to define what family actually is. So here's the thing about family. There are, in my 
reading through scripture and my understanding, there's two layers of what the family does. And the first layer is this. In a family, you are unconditionally loved and unconditionally affirmed. Everybody say belonging. 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 That's the first layer of family. Kingdom family is understanding I'm unconditionally loved. I'm unconditionally affirmed as I am, where I am, and I belong here in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. That can get really uncomfortable really quickly when somebody walks in the doors that is very different than you, that thinks very differently than you, that has a completely different set of ideals than you have. And we were like, oh, but they're not in. They're not in the family. And it's like, oh, like that can get sticky really fast. And that's, you know, where we find ourselves. And that's why the church today feels more like a social club, like with all of, you know, people feeling the same, thinking the same, denominations, having the same idea, which isn't, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's okay to gather around things that bring us joy that we have common, But, you know, to ice people out because they don't fit in our boxes, that's the exact opposite of unconditional love and acceptance, which is the foundation for belonging. It's the foundation for family. The second layer is this. In family, you are active and you participate. Everybody say becoming. Becoming. And that's where we're going to jump in today. Here at Legacy, we have a definition for family because we had to define it, because everybody walks in the door with a different definition and expectation for family. So for us, we feel like the Lord gave us this. Family is where you are loved into your purpose. It's where you're loved into your purpose. In other words, a healthy family, notice I said healthy, a healthy family is where you can know without a shadow of a doubt that you belong. But it is also where you remain teachable enough to become and to transform. To be honest, I mean, I don't know if any of you struggle with belonging or feel like you fit. Sometimes I know that I feel that. I mean, I definitely haven't arrived in this area of my life. I don't know if I ever really will. But to be completely honest, like, I don't always know if I belong up here. I mean, I don't think I've seen anybody in our city that is as young as me doing what I'm doing. And oftentimes I feel shaky. Like, do I even fit here? Is this even right? Is it, Lord, is this even you? And there's this sense of like, do I even belong here? This is what I do. Like, do I even belong here? I mean, all of us have that experience, right? Where it's like, I'm wrestling through this place of like, do I fit here? Am I loved here? Am I accepted just as I am here? Things get you know, tough and shaky when there's not that sense of you're accepted here just as you are, where you are, you're loved, but there's like this firm foundation that's made when a whole community of people opens their arms wide and says, you can run in, you can have safety here, you can have a seat at this table. It's like Lyle says, I don't know if you've heard him articulate, like, Jesus is that annoying guy at the restaurant pulling up, like, dragging the extra table across. (laughs) It's like, across the restaurant. And the managers are like, don't, sir, don't, no, sir. And he's like, no, I got this. It's fine. Four more of my friends showed up. That's what the church should feel like. You know? It should feel like that. I just love that picture and it's so true that really is Jesus and that really is how he set the church to he set the example for a reason so he wants us to live it he wants us to be like it 
So what does it mean to really belong? I have an amazing counselor, and he is very well educated, and so I believe him a lot. But he, uh, he says that every human has two questions in their heart, and it's this. Will you be there for me, and am I good enough for you? And that's what every person is asking when they walk through the doors of this building. Will you be here for me? Am I even good enough for you? Like, you, I find it insanely brave, courageous when I meet somebody at this front door and they're by themselves, they're walking into the doors for the first time ever, and that might be somebody in here this morning. It's like courage like no other to walk in somewhere and you're asking those questions. Do I fit here? Like, will you be there for me? Will you judge me? Am I even good enough for you? And the fact that people walk through the doors like that, the very first thing that they should be met with is arms wide open, wide open. Just like Lyle said, the story of the prodigal son is the picture of the dad wide open hands like you don't even have to explain yourself to me you just run just run and that's that's really like the essence of the human soul like am am i going to be accepted here and at legacy i want you to know yes you can be here you can be the real you we're not afraid of a mess we're not afraid of people's process. And if we are afraid of it, then we promise that we're going to go to a place of the presence where Jesus is not afraid of those things. Amen. We also know that as believers, before we can even answer those questions person to person, we have to make sure we're answering that question, you know, person to God, right? Banning Leisure was here a couple weeks ago, and he said a statement that struck me so deeply. He said, most people are not fully atheists that are away from God. They're like situational atheists. They can like picture God in one area, but can completely not picture God in another area. And I think that's so true for all of us. We're like, in one area of my life, I'm fully accepted, and I'm fully loved, and you're going to be there for me. And then in another area of our lives, we're like, but he can't be there for me. And those are the areas of our lives that we like. We do one of two things. One, we hide them. You know, we push them aside. Or two, we control them. We like get really controlling in that area of our lives because we need to be in charge because when God's not in charge, heaven forbid, we have to be in charge. And that's a really scary place. But I told this to the first service and I find it to be true. In most interactions that I've had with people that I love, It's impossible to hide one part of your heart without hiding the whole thing. The heart is not like, you can't like cut pieces off of the heart, ask a doctor. Like they can't cut one piece off and be like, oh, it's going to function just fine. Like that's not how it goes. You hide one piece, you hide it all. And I think we walk in and out of our communities, of our churches, feeling like I don't fit in, I don't belong, because we can't answer that question, not necessarily between us and the person sitting next to us, but we're still wrestling out that question between us and God. But let let me tell you this. God is... He's, he's exceptional, right? Jesus is the most loving being in all of the universe. And even in our sin, he came to us. And even in our shame, he came to us. And he said, you're accepted just as you are. He didn't deal with sin because like he was annoyed with our lying and our cheating and our stealing. 
He's not annoyed. I mean, he's, I mean, he's God. Like, he could be annoyed with other things like, you know, comets falling onto earth. I, I don't know. He could be annoyed with other things. But what grieves him the most deeply is, the, is not the sin. It's the disconnection, right? So he didn't come to deal with sin just as an idea, but he came to deal with the root of sin, which is disconnection. And that's why we can stand here on Sunday morning and worship and say, God, you're good. In every season of our lives, you're good. Acknowledging that you're here with me in this season, and I'm fully good enough for you because even when I was in my sin, you came to me and dealt with disconnection. So here's the next layer to family, and that's becoming. To experience real family, like we declare, hey, we're, we're trying to be this family, it really takes this element of participation. Getting in the game. Lyle's classic line, we're not anointed bench warmers. Banning Liebscher is, uh, is one of our pastoral coaches, and why I reference him so much, because he's brilliant, but he has this story, and if you ever get the chance, go to Jesus Culture's uh, podcast and listen to his message on church as a family, and he talks about this whole idea that family, you know, family doesn't happen without us participating in family, right? So when I go to my mom's house for like a holiday, I, I'm expected to bring something, at least the grandkids, at least bring someone. But I'm expected to bring something. I told the first service, my mom is like the hospitality queen. And like you almost have to wrestle it away from her. Like I will bring something. Otherwise, she'll just like do the whole thing herself. But I'm a grown adult in my parents' family. And so I'm expected to contribute, even if that means washing a dish, at least cleaning up after my kids. I don't just let everybody else do stuff for me when I expect to experience the fullness of family. Right? And we're all grown adults here. Like, I don't, I mean, there might be a little nursing infant or two in here, but for the most part, we have had moments with God. And if we haven't and we're fresh to the family, that's where the foundation of belonging makes room for you to actually grow and become and transform. So here are a couple of, it's not an exhaustive list of ways to participate in family, but they're more like encouragements. These are going to be things that drive you into connection and participating as the real you in family. And the first thing is this, come out of hiding. And that's vulnerability. When in the beginning of time, when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this is what happened in Genesis 3. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Hiding and isolation are, the, are literally the killer to connection. This, this is said with the foundation of belonging, okay? So please get that in your head, right? So this is with the foundation of knowing without a shadow of a doubt. Like we're accepted as who we are, where we are, you know. I'm not expecting you just to like 
throw your heart out to people that don't feel safe. But hiding puts distance between us and God, and it puts distance between us and each other, right? Here's the second thing. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And this is trustworthiness. I said to the first service, and I, it, like, struck a couple of people, and it was that I think our generation, my generation, I'm a millennial, um, we struggle with this. This is our biggest, this is our big struggle, yeah. letting our yes be yes and our no be no. Right, right, right. The Lord, we are going around the same mountain time and time again in our lives because we will not follow through on the things that we say we're going to follow through on. And will not put a boundary where there needs to be a boundary. No, I will not do that because I'm going to do this. <laughs> Seriously, help me, Jesus. But this piece of trustworthiness, so much of the presence and the power of God flows through this area of trustworthiness. When God can trust us, he can use us, right? And when the people around us can trust us, then they can be connected to us and we can be connected to them. And they don't fear that you're just going to eject one day because you're not feeling it. Like, that doesn't work in this family. I'm just letting you know at Legacy, that doesn't work in this family. Like, I don't want to see you here one Sunday and gone for six weeks because you're upset and or, you know, you slept through your alarm eight times. Like, come, be a part of the family. Like, you've committed here, and I want to see your face here, and I want to know that you're sewing into this thing with all of the rest of us. Because when you say yes and you show up, you make space for other people to have family. You make space for it. So me, as a millennial, I repent of my inability to follow through at times, and I choose to be a yes person that follows through and set healthy boundaries when they need to be set. And here's the final thing. It's serve one another, and that's just participate. Participate. I cannot expect to experience what I don't participate in, right? I've had so many experiences in my own life and heard it from many people who've sat in these chairs that, man, I just don't feel like family. I don't feel connected. And usually, like, they're not in the game. You know, they're not, they're not serving the family. They're not jumping in when somebody needs to be moved across the city. They're like, ah, just too tired. And that's fine. We're allowed to be tired, but at the same time, we have to understand we get what we put in, right? Like you reap what you sow, and we have to get in the game with the family to actually experience what the family has to offer. Acts 2, verse 42 through 47 says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, together, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Listen, if, if we cannot expand ourselves enough and let our love grow enough through the grace of Jesus, then who is going to fall through the cracks of love? Jesus is so strategic with how he sets things up, right? Like Jesus could be here, right? He could be preaching this message way better than I could, and he lives the message way better than I could, but yet still here I am standing on this stage encouraging us to get in the game. And he does that, and it's so unique. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because there's such a beautiful experience when humanity and deity work together to reach the lost, to reach the poor, to reach those who don't have a family and bring them into the family. When they feel like they found their spot in the family because they're so afraid of their piece of the pie, like, diminishing. Like, oh, my, like, my opportunity is going to diminish. Like, this is is not an opportunity. Like, this is is not an opportunity. Like, out there is an opportunity. Like, we got to bring them in. We all have arms to open, and we all have places in our heart that needs the arms open to us. So in this family here at Legacy, we believe that if you sign on with us, if you stick with us, you will be loved into your purpose. We promise, we promise to do our best to open our arms to you time and time and time again and challenge you into opening your arms for other people time and time and time again. Let's stand this morning as we're closing. Together as Legacy, we have the power, the opportunity to be the most desirable place in all, for all of Nashville to experience love. The church should be the truest giver of love and acceptance. If you've ever felt not accepted or loved at the hands of a church or somebody who loves Jesus, I just want to say I'm sorry. That's really tough. And I have encountered time and time again believers who are weary, walking through the doors, just looking for one last shot. I'll give it one last shot. If you're in here today, just giving it one last shot. I think you found the right place. God will do something with one last shot. And we have to remember that, right? We might be the person with the arms wide open for the one last shot. Or for somebody who's never experienced the love and the power of Jesus Christ. We got to get in the game. We got to participate. We're not just here to be entertained. We're here to steward what God has given to us and love the people God's sending our way. Lucky for you, I have some opportunities. And the first is this. We have team night coming up on Wednesday night. Some of you have seen that on our social media and on our video announcements. And this is what team night is. Team night is your opportunity to get in the game. There is a lost and broken city out there. And they are looking for your love. 
and they are looking for you to be arms wide open. And so team night is your opportunity to jump in, to serve. Here at Legacy, we serve and we give our time knowing that as we open our arms, we're teaching other people to open their arms. And then the tent pegs expand, our love is expanding, our service is expanding, and we're having the opportunity to reach more people with the kingdom that's living inside of us that so desperately wants to get out there to the rest of the world, amen? So I'm gonna invite you, if you serve at Legacy already, if you're in the game at Legacy or somewhere else, this, this night is for you. It's going to be at 630. We're going to have Alan Jones with us. He is one of Lyle and I's pastors. He and his wife, AJ, married us. And there's nobody in the city that carries the like pastoral, just genuine, like grow your, your guts anointing like Alan Jones carries it. He is like, he's going to like look you in the eye and just love you and be like, we can grow bigger, can't we? There's something about that, getting around somebody like that, that in your job, in your family, you need it. You need to know that. So 6.30, if you already serve here, be there. If you have yet to serve, if you're looking to get in the game, this night is for you too. Jump in. We have so many amazing, dynamic, beautiful people here already on Sunday mornings. But we're not stopping here. We want to love the city. We want to we see God move throughout the city of Nashville in our jobs. And we have an opportunity to serve here and grow here so that we can do that way better, right? So team night is your opportunity to participate. And this morning, I say all of these things so humbly, knowing that I'm completely not there yet. I wake up tired sometimes and I don't wanna serve sometimes, but when I get here in this room, and I see the faces of so many of you serving and loving and just giving yourself so selflessly. I'm like, there's grace to do it. There's grace to do all that God has asked us to do together as a family. We can, we can just, we can do it together, right? Doing it alone is exhausting, but doing it together is like fun. And we can like stop at Chick-fil-A on the way. And you know, it's way more fun together. So this morning with every eye closed, Jesus, you are the reason that any of this makes sense. You are the reason that anybody standing on a stage singing, talking to a stranger makes any sense is because of you, Jesus, and your sacrifice is worth it. And we endeavor to be a family that reaches out to those who don't know your love yet. We endeavor to be a family. So God, help us, teach us, grow us. Let us learn your ways. Let us know that we belong in your presence and nobody can push us out. And let us know that you have every intention of growing us into everything that you have made us to be. So Jesus, we love you this morning and we bless you and we honor you. Let's just give Jesus a round of applause this morning. He's worthy.